here we are on the Camp Vibes podcast, and I promised this a while ago, and I'm delivering on my promise. The unicorn, <laughs> the, um, I don't even know what to say, the, the hardest get. The introvert. From a podcast standpoint, <laughs> Lacey Elizabeth Warren is here with us. Um, say hello. Ooh. Hi, Hubs. We just went out to dinner. We did. I started stressing that this podcast wasn't going to work. <laughs> Story of my life. I'm always stressed. Um, <laughs> but here we are in the studio. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have questions. A.K.A. your office. <laughs> <laughs> You've prepared a whole script <laughs> um, that I have can see on your phone of all the different things you want to talk about. But No, I don't have any specific things I want to talk about, actually. I'd like to... <laughs> the reason why I want you on here is because you, more than anybody, know what it's like to be married to myself. Yeah. Definitely <laughs> more than anybody. Um, <laughs> before we get into it, scale of one to ten, how hard is it to be married to me? Well, it depends. I don't know how to answer that. Over the that. summer. Oh, over the summer? Like, a nine? <laughs> <laughs> a 9.5. So, um, have you listened to every episode of this podcast? Well, this season. <laughs> but the not two, the first season. The first season, I don't know. I don't remember, but I have listened. I think one of the things that I mentioned in the first episode is a conversation we had a while ago. Me and you? Uh-huh. Oh, of this season? Uh-huh. After summer, yeah. after last summer, yeah. Mm-hmm. And kind of to set the the stage a little bit about our marriage is, tell me about your experience when you went to Camp Hammer. What do you mean? When you were a camper. What was your oh, experience? a camper? Uh-huh. Oh, you want to know me as a camper? I yeah. was the camper. We're going to get there. We're going to go there. We're going to get to where we're going to go, but I need some backstory to help guests understand. or Who I am as a human being. Listeners to understand who you are and your, your marriage to camping ministry from an early age. I mean, I was the camper that was crying and homesick mm-hmm. and missed my mom so much. And was riddled with anxiety. I remember a camp speaker talked about, probably, it was probably just a gospel night, like standard gospel night. (laughs) And they talked about something about hell. And I was just wrecked and so anxious and just like, I'm not safe in the world. I don't know. I was just out of the womb, nervous. But camp for me was so scary and I wanted to be picked up. Did you end up getting picked up? So one summer my mom picked me up, but other summers she didn't. So I think at the time, the year that I was picked up, there was a lot going on for me. Was camp something in your mind where you fell in love with the culture, the environment, the activities, the people, or was it something you felt forced at as an early young adolescent? I can't really say because I have good memories and then that those really hard memories. I had a camp crush once and it was like a consuming love In there. <laughs> for like the week. Um, but that was when I was older. So that would be when I wasn't picked up. 
by my mother. Um, I remember like getting the Charleston Chew and the Sprite with the turd ice and just mm. loving life. And we, back then you could fish in the thing, in the pond, and you would take your fish home. And I have like good memories and then hard memories. Did you ever work at a overnight summer camp? No. You worked at a day camp? Yes. Um, which means that you go home at 4 o'clock every day. <laughs> at 5, yeah. <laughs> um, so we got married, uh, and we moved immediately to Fresno. We lived in Fresno for almost six years, and we had hard times out there, great times out there, uh, good experiences now that we look back on it. Yes. Um, great relationships, great friends. God use that moment there. And then Definitely. I kind of had brought up to you, hey, I want to get back into this camping ministry thing. No, I knew that from the you beginning. Knew, you knew that at some point I wanted to get back into camping yeah, ministry. Yeah, that that's like your heart's desire. But from the beginning of this camping ministry journey, you've never, never known what camp truly is. Oh, sure. I thought I knew. You thought you knew. <laughs> So at the end of the first summer, what was our big argument? Um, who knows? I want more time with you. You need to put me first. Could you hug me in public? <laughs> Those were all our, our arguments, yes. I mean, I just remember coming home from, like, CCC and some, I don't know, some stress or something. CCC is a uh, counseling center you worked a at. A counseling center, yeah, when we had first moved. And I remember just, like how truly unavailable you were and it was like a pat on the shoulder and kind of like I'm so sorry like I have to go and I was just like I am alone (laughs) and for those of you don't know I am not a physical touch guy yeah that's Uh, fair um on the other end I'm also not a public display of affection kind of guy no that'd be the same end Physical touch. Like, I don't like physical touch. I'm not a public display of affection. That's the same end. It's the same thing. Side of the spectrum, yeah. Yeah. And so that was kind of how we ended that first summer. And I remember, like, you were, like, along for the ride, but you were struggling. Oh, I mean. And my first summer was really hard, Mm -hmm. but I would say I've had harder summers than my first summer. I mean, what I've come to realize is that every summer is so hard in its own unique ways. And Mm. so we've learned so much and we continue to learn of like, how do you have a healthy marriage through this? Because it's so, such drastic seasons in a year. Yeah. Second summer was better. That was a great summer for me. I felt like I found my stride, but I do remember we hadn't had Sage yet. You were pregnant and we went to like the West End tap room for like a night off. That was summer two. Uh Uh-huh. And you like broke down in tears and you were Mm. really mad at me Mm. because you're like, you're never home. You're never available. Mm. And I just kind of sat there and took it and was like, I, I, there is a lot going on at this camp. I know. So what I've, I think what I realize now, this is four years in. So we've had this experience, what, four times or is it more? We've had the summer four summers, yeah. So four experiences. Now what I know, or that what I think I know, is that at the end of the summer, you or I 
is going to have a meltdown. And it'll probably be like, you know, can we go on? Is our marriage, like, okay? Just is so much emotional fallout mm-hmm. and just physical depletion, spiritual depletion, in just everything. And so at the end of the summer, there needs to be just a space. It's like getting up in the middle of the night with a newborn. You have to just acknowledge whatever is said in the night needs to be viewed from the perspective of, it's not your normal, healthy self speaking. Right. Something comes over you. So it's the same at the end of the summer where everything feels very heightened in a terrible way. Mm-hmm. So it's, I don't know if I can do another summer. I, our marriage needs so much work. This is, I don't know, the end. <laughs> you know movie. what I mean? You just exaggerate because you're so just depleted. I think there's a hint of a lot of truth in the exaggeration. Well, yeah. I mean, we're figuring out. So summer number three, I felt like while we had Sage, so Sage was was born. She was a little nugget. Mm -hmm. We found a good groove. Mm -hmm. And you kind of had to be mom with Sage and kind of focus on her and feed her and that, that, like, yes, I was around and, and Sage would come down, but, like, I felt like that was our, a groove of a summer. Or you were, like, in mom mode sure. and, you know, we had summer staff helping out and mm. we still had our emotional breakdowns here and there, but... No, I don't think so. Yeah, I think they were, like, smaller ones. But I was still waking up in the middle of the night when Sage would wake up. We hadn't, like... Sage was not a perfect sleeper at that point, so I was super tired that summer, like crazy tired that summer. That was also James's first summer, so I was trying to catch him up to speed, so I was kind of busy with him. Um, but there was like a lot of highlights from that summer that were great. So that was 2016. Hmm. Um, and I don't remember there being like fallout after that summer. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't know. So it's what happened at the end of this summer? So at the end of this summer, well, this is what you talked about. <laughs> yeah, let's your, rehash. Let's recap. In the podcast. So at the end of this summer, okay, so I'm observing my spouse throughout every summer, really, but I'm very sensitive to people's energy and where they're at emotionally. It's like a sixth sense. <laughs> um And so I'm seeing you decompensate, I think is what I would say. Not in a... When did you start seeing that? I think as stuff started hitting the fan externally, not necessarily internally with you, but things are happening through camp and just conflict or poor decisions or stressful events. And those things are building up in the sense that they would tax any human being. Mm-hmm. And I'm observing this because I there's not much more I can do than that. But then by the end of summer when things wrap up, was it right after summer? Well, I remember the first breakdown I had was when I... <laughs> Um, I had come home from the motorcycle Taco Bell incident and I was sitting in our living room crying and Josh, our roommate was also in the room and you were like, Hmm. this isn't like normal. 
Mm. And I was like, yeah, it's not normal. <laughs> and uh, so that that was the end of the summer. Mm. And then, yeah, shortly thereafter, things unraveled. I mean, sure, you could say unraveled. I think it's more just you were in a really broken spot and basically you communicated to me through tears like I need a break. I am so just beat down and I'd like for you to consider working full time and so I can have a season of just being a stay-at-home dad. And my response was, too bad, pal. Like, (laughs) it was just so not good. (laughs) It wasn't that exactly, but it was kind of like... Eh, It was pretty much It was like, wow, this is a shock. And because for my whole time knowing you, my only experience of you is that you are running on all cylinders, nonstop, whatever it takes... Yeah, you just don't stop. And so for you to say, like, not only do I need to stop, I want to stop, was very shocking for me. And so... You didn't respond great. I did not. But how, I mean, this whole podcast so far is, like, so vulnerable. Do you want your staff to know, like, true, true behind-the-scenes dirt? <laughs> I don't care. We're just laying it all out. I don't care anymore. Yeah, marriage. Guys, if you're married, this is like, oh, cool, you're married. But if you're not <laughs> married, let me tell you, it is so difficult, especially if you're unmarried and you're thinking about going into ministry. It is the only way through is with Christ. You will not last. So this is just real. It's really hard. So yeah, after summer, you're like crying. I can't go on. And you take a little bit of time off. No, I basically walked away from work for like two weeks. I didn't really tell anybody. Oh, yeah. Because you weren't allowed to take time off. It was just, that's a whole nother story. We don't need to go into that like culture or anything. But you took some time off. Mm-hmm. You made that happen, which is responsible. And that's when those conversations started. Oh, okay. Yeah, but then through therapy or whatever, it kind of leveled out. And I'm sure you still want to be a stay-at-home dad. And yeah. I want to be with Sage as well. And both of us work. So at this point, I feel like it you're not begging for that anymore. No, I'm not begging for it. I feel like God's refined my heart and uh, you made it very clear that that's not going to be the case. Mm. There was never a conversation where you said, okay, I'm going to look for a job. Um, Mm. Like, so I think when you're pushed up against reality, it's like, I got to push through this season. Um, even though this is what I want, there's no effort on the other end of the spectrum um, because that's not what we want out of our marriage. And I had to kind of push through the hard season, mm-hmm. right? Sure. 
Um, so we've been through these four summers, these four seasons, and I would say that it has not. There's really a lot of positives that have come from marriage in sure. it, and there's really a lot of hardships that have come. Mm-hmm. What? What would you say has been the most challenging part for you about being married to a director of a summer camp? Mm, I think observing. I mean, a lot of times I feel helpless and other times I get I feel resentful. And so I always have to stay aware to not go into resentment of ministry in general or of, you know, decisions that are made or things like that. Um, It's really hard to see your spouse be criticized or disrespected or mistreated. And there's, you know, I have no control and pretty much feel helpless a lot of the time. And this is just part of the deal. Like... When you have, when you're in a position of leadership, especially when you're working with kids, the parents or staff or whoever in any ministry, really, you have a hundred criticisms for every one compliment. Like it is the most thankless, encouragedless <laughs> job. And I think the hardest part for me is just seeing you. Um, sometimes get mistreated or like, I mean, it's hard to see your spouse be pouring out to that degree and to see your pain or your hurt or all these things that nobody knows you even have emotions. (laughs) Like I see the broken parts. The hard part for me, the hardest part for me about having a family now is, and I know you know this, but it's it's this tension of two worlds and right i love you and i love sage mhm and that is a priority in my life but there is another side of my brain right and some pastors would say your priority is God and your marriage comes first and it's like your family comes first and i agree mhm i agree with that But I don't think I'll ever be able to shake the fact that there are, over the course of a summer, 1,800 kids whose lives Mm. can be drastically changed because of a summer camp. And I am far too passionate about that, that for me to let something as the most minute detail go Mm. matters to me. Yeah, I know. The smallest detail, like... What song is being played when this skit transition happens? <laughs> Does the camp look clean when parents sure. show up? Yeah. You know, is that counselor handling his campers appropriately? Whatever it is, those matter. Over the summer, almost on equal playing fields, as much as marriage and children. Sure. And that's obviously... There's some unhealth in that. Sure. But I can't shake mm. the kingdom effect that Frontier Ranch has. And I feel like 
responsible and or God has put me in a position mm-hmm. to shepherd this place. And so I have attention. Totally. And I think just to make it way oversimplified and black and white, I think as far as camp directors go, there's two types. And one is the camp director dad that is saying, my family comes first no matter what. Like even, you know, the conversation I had with another camp director around this area and they were saying, my family knows and my staff knows that no matter what, my family comes first and their time, my time with my family is completely protected. Like it was very much a family first no matter what staff fall in line type of thing. Everyone knows their place. The other side of it is your approach, which is, I mean, I think I understand it kind of like, you know, our marriage is stable. We're fine. And for three months or whatever, we live in community and we pour ourselves out for staff and staff and campers come first. Staff and campers become the family. And they become the priority. Really? For those times and then then they all leave and then you and I have our lives together again um, it's it's more complicated than that because sure. I view I'm my staff I see them on some level I view them as my family right and that's beautiful I'm just saying there are different ways that people engage their role as camp directors and some sure. people are more in the family first and then you know that'll affect camp and other people are the opposite and that affects their family more so what you're telling me is there's no correct way to camp direct (laughs) i mean it's based upon who you are as a person and your specific family there's some families where probably this you know it would be totally different why'd you unfollow twitter on instagram (laughs) Dude, come on, man. I, oh my gosh, I'm in harmonizer distress. I unfollowed tons of people off my Instagram because I wanted to feel like I truly pared it down and were like knowing deeply each person. I don't know. It was just a mass exodus of people for me. And then after the fact, I'm also, I guess, ignorant about how that can come across. Maybe you wanted to separate yourself from the summer for a little bit because it was a really hard summer. Maybe. (laughs) I don't know. We asked the hard-hitting questions Apparently. here. Apparently. <laughs> it's definitely nothing personal. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, one, of the, one of the struggles that we had early on in our marriage, and I think this ties back into the conversation at the very beginning of this podcast, is because you had no concept for camp, and you really didn't see camp the way that my eyes and brain saw camp, is that that first and second summer you were disengaged with camp to an extent. Totally. 
And I remember I was like mad mm. because I was like, you know, there was this joke of like, what's Lacey's camp name again? You know, yeah. like. Well, and I changed it. You changed it, but nobody cared or even knew. <laughs> yeah, I Be- feel like people still don't. I don't really because use they were a name. like they were like, oh, she's never really around. Oh, too sad. And you've grown in that. And now I think you like coming to camp. Totally. And I think Sage has changed that. Well, and just, I, you grow as a person. I was in a different season of life, adapting to a job in a new city and not, you know, being as healthy as I am now. Yeah, you come down. So here's the thing about being an introvert. If you're an introvert and you're stressed, the ugly underbelly is you withdraw. You're like... Heck no, I'm not going to go into camp after a work day. So when you're in a healthier spot, you're able to engage more. Mm. So I think early on, I was just struggling and didn't want any extra stress. Like being around strangers is stressful. And that's what it felt like. Yeah, and also being around an environment that you aren't familiar with. Sure. You weren't familiar with the concept of that camp doesn't end at 5 o'clock like cruise kids did. I mean, okay. It took you a while to adjust to that. Yeah. You love skits, though. Yeah, I love What do you love about skits? Do I love skits? I love when campers dance. You love when campers dance, and you love when... That's the joy of my heart. People, weird people act weird. Oh, I love <laughs> awkward situations. Uh-huh. I love awkward encounters. I love how awkward children are in general. So, like, my favorite thing would be a camper dance-off with a lot of camper dancing thrown in, and staff... Being silly as well. Mail call. Give me all the candies. Give Lacey all the candies. <laughs> I would only go in there just to get candies. Um, <laughs> it's funny, like, I think that over the course of the last four years, you've you've definitely embraced camp more and the totally. culture of camp. and yeah. Even this summer, you were around pretty much every day. You'd take mm. Sage to the barn. You'd come for, um, mm. you'd come for dinner. You'd stay for five minutes of mail call. You didn't get to come to skits and program as much this summer. No, I didn't really at all because I had to get Sage to bed and be home. Right. And that'll obviously get better over time, mm-hmm. hopefully. Uh, I mean, part of it is wanting your to protect your relationship with Sage, if at all possible, in those time, those months of summer. And if I didn't go down, you wouldn't really see her. What do you got on your sheet, your list? Mm, that's read it off. What you got on confidential there? classified information? Well, I thought you were going to ask me. What do you got on there? I, I'm not an asker. I just organically have a conversation. Yeah, that's what we're doing. So none of this matters. Talk about it. Let's talk. We got time. Our babysitter's till 730. <laughs> I feel like you shouldn't even post this podcast. Yeah, I mean, it's just really hard. What's, let me see. Let me read through these. No. It's more in like what's challenging. and. Why don't you say this stuff? Say it? It's good. 
people some want. Some talking points. Some talking points. First point. I mean, some of the good things is that basically I only wrote, jotted down thoughts about pros and cons because that's what I thought you would ask me. What's good about this life? What's hard about this life? And so... Okay, let me be better interviewer. What's good about this life? <laughs> well, um, I think when I go down to camp and see you lead, I am sometimes just so proud. And it's clear that God has given you these skills and abilities um, and also the favor of like this mantle of leadership that you have. And so sometimes that's just really humbling to observe. Um, But with that... The other side of that is like the great cost of sacrifice and I'm still trying to live that out and understand that because for you it means I think sacrificing for your staff and the campers but for me it means that but mostly like sacrificing myself like my own selfishness what I want to do how I want to be. Mm-hmm. married, things like that, and just dying to myself, which is also what motherhood is, like an invitation to die to yourself and through that become sanctified. So I remember even the conversations of when you would go down and make the coffee every morning, so you would lose sleep to make the coffee, and I'd be so mad. Like, Just so you know, <laughs> when I first got my job at Frontier Ranch, they said, oh, yeah, we don't make coffee for your college-age summer staff. And I said, well, that's not happening. I asked our kitchen staff, I said, can you guys make coffee for our summer staff? And they said, no. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is a horrible, unhealthy place to work. So I woke up every morning at 5 a.m. and I brewed, I don't know, well, it was probably like 15 small pots, like your average Mm. 12 cup pots of coffee and dumped them into a big container. And that is actually like such a great example of many things about this life because for me the tension and the rub at that time was like find someone else to brew the coffee like are you kidding me you the director the one carrying the biggest burden is going to be the one to go down and lose sleep over the coffee come on and it was it can i explain that though no 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 we've already had this conversation well and I and it was anything in that regard. Can someone else wash the van? Can someone else do something out of their weekend when you need rest? It was all just you versus camp in my mind. Like, and there, there was not enough resource. It was like scarcity, selfish mindset. Now, I view things as this is an opportunity to lay your life down for the gospel, and there's nothing too small that that can look like as love being poured out. And so for me, it's like, wow, I really get to be sanctified because my sin and selfishness is like, this is so terrible. I want to see my husband. I want someone else to do this. I want to have a weekend. Me, me, me. And my theory was I'm going to serve my staff in any way possible. But if I just tell my overseer, Oh, yeah, I just get another summer staffer to do the coffee in the morning. Then nothing's going to change. But if your director is losing sleep over making coffee for your summer staff, it's going to get to the top. And then the top. Is it? 
and the top is going to go, this needs to change. Is it? And by 2016, it changed. 2016 oh, and 20- like the kitchen was willing to do it? Yeah. Yeah. So. Change happens when you work extra hard to make that change happen. Mm-hmm. What else you got in your points? Um, you got a lot there, so. Yeah, but I don't want to share any of this. Then I'll read it off. Well, one of the things is you like. You can't be on this podcast and be like. This I'm is only- already so vulnerable. Yeah, that's the point. Like, staff does not need to know all this. I would say I totally disagree with you. <laughs> um, people have said to me a few times, like, wow, you're living the dream here. Um, how cool that you get, like, Sage gets to be raised at camp or things like that. And on the one hand, I'm like, absolutely. This is such a blessing. But I think people don't understand the cost. And now more than ever, I'm like, that's okay. People are not going to get it. People are not going to see, and they don't need to see. The staffer who just goes down and there's coffee, they're like, great, there's coffee. They don't need to know that you made it. They don't, but that's hard too when I think for staff, a lot of times decisions are made. And I imagine myself at what, 22? horrible decisions and you only think about yourself but what happens is like the repercussions go out like a rock into a pond and the ripple effect to the point where they have no idea the effect that one choice can have on your heart as a man on a family on sage missing out on moments with her dad because now you have to go do something else like things like that are really tough to swallow and there's times when i feel really alone in that like wow there's such a cost that goes unseen but i'm learning how to accept that as like part of the deal um and it's okay that that this is the way it is because um, we're learning. I guess the balance of the biblical idea of living sacrifice and also modeling self-care as Jesus did. And that's really hard because I think you just have too much on your shoulders sometimes. But life goes on behind the scenes. Like my role is to hold down the fort, and it's a lot of, I mean, really, every night alone. And taking care of... You get a lot of good TV watching going on. (laughs) Sure. Maybe. I guess. Let me see your phone. No, that's it. There's more. No! (laughs) This is a long enough podcast. No. Talked about the campers dancing. Seriously, everything. Um, Yeah, that's pretty much everything. Um, Camp is a spiritual, physical, mental drain. Summer staff knows this. But take as a summer staff, you've got 10 kids for a couple weeks. And you... You got, okay, I see what you're Do saying. Do they have 10 kids in a cabin? Yeah. So my thought is. 10 kids in a cabin and the end of the, and after a couple weeks you're dead. They're so 
tired and dead, and they're like, I can't go on. I need a row a week. Imagine you take that 250 kids, 110 staff that you're responsible for, physical safety, resolving conflict, teaching them, leading, making yourself available, and putting out fires. Mm. That's what I go through. Yeah. Have you seen me go through that? Yeah. But even as I'm like listening to that, I think the challenge for me is to not... This is so interesting about being married is like um, just crushing the idol that my marriage is not my happiness. You are not the one who can meet all my needs. And so when you're essentially taken away, like you might not like that I say that, but if you're taken away for three months, whatever, out of a year, the growth point for me is like turning to Christ to meet needs and to fill me up and to give me what I need and to not, you know, expect more from another human being than you're able to give. Because really you're able to give not much. I mean, what would you say you're able to give? You? Yeah. Or your family. Yeah, it's breadcrumbs. And so, you know, in another marriage, they would be like, I'm out. This is not working. But for me, that's the God is sovereign. He's put you in this role. He's put me in this role as your wife. I get to learn how to die to myself. You get to learn how to die to yourself. Yeah, very true. And it's really, truly hard. (laughs) So, and then the rest of the year, we get to enjoy each other with like a normal more normal life. Yeah, I'd say the only season that's a little hard is those two weeks of recruiting. Yes. But it's a really small window of time, right? Um, yeah. Weekend retreats usually aren't that hard because I'll take time off here and there and try. Mm, Sure, yeah. Yeah. You want to do a speed round? Sure. First of all, one of my favorite memories was this past summer when I had a night off and you and I went to dinner and saw this movie called The Big Sick, Uh which is about like this couple falling in love and like figuring out their marriage, their new life together. Do you remember that movie? Somewhat. That was like one of my all-time favorite memories with you because I hadn't seen a movie in forever and it was just to sit there and watch a romantic comedy with my wife was a great, (laughs) great deal. I'm into the speed round. Yes, bring it on. Do you make them up in the moment? Yeah, I'll make it up. Well, this will start with a simple one's favorite camp food. The veggie burger by far, but I'm also only there for dinners, which so essentially makes it so You come so... for breakfasts. Okay. But you're not much no. of a breakfast eater. Oh, and I'm a vegetarian, so it narrows it down to basically zero foods. You like the veggie I burger. I love the veggie burger. I love putting the pasta salad on top of the salad. I've figured out the ways to Worst make camp it. food. I mean, I don't eat the meats. I don't eat the pulled pork. Okay, the pulled pork sandwich just looks like death. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite meal at Frontier because of the hash browns or the, the tater tots. Oh, Yeah. Um, if you if you can think back to skits, what's like what's a skit that stands out? What's I a favorite mean, skit? I don't have a personal favorite skit. I can think of specific skits. 
I more appreciate specific individuals that can actually act or are so they don't care what anyone thinks and it makes them hilarious. What's a favorite memory of yours from Frontier? Oh, man. I have so many. I love when campers dance. Like, I'll always go back to that. So if you guys play music and they get up and dance, like, even in uh, during meals or things like that, there were times when you would do it. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, Sage grabbing the shark stuffed animal, her love affair with the shark stuffed animal was, like, hilarious for me because she would go to the back program closet, one year old, a one year old human being would go to the back, find it and bring it out and like roll on it. <laughs> that was when her love for sharks began. Favorite animal in the barn. I mean, hmm, that's really tough for me. I love birds in general, so I want to be in the chicken area, but it's also the barn is stressful for me. I feel so bad for like the cow specifically. But I love the the cows that come. Name over five male counselors from 2017. Come on. (laughs) I can't remember who is in what year. Okay. Why? If you give me a staff picture, I can name them. Okay. You ready? No, because then you're (laughs) going to put me on blast. No one cares at this point. You Here's a staff picture. This from is a boring podcast for Here's people. Here's a staff picture. Is this from last year? Yeah. Okay, Rocky Road. Okay, duh. Been there duh. for three years. You should know him. Zook. Zook's not a counselor from that summer. Nocturnal. Not a counselor from that you summer. You said this is from that year. No, but those aren't counselors. What? Name count five oh, counselors. You named man. one. Oh, genre? <laughs> He's not even in that photo. Yeah, I think that's him. Who is that? That's Kitty Walk. I forgot his name, but he's cool. Oh, Chicken Joe. Okay, you got two. Oh, man. This is so bad. Oh, is that Toon Squad? Toon Squad is a counselor. That's three. I can't. This does not look like people. You got two more to get to. That's only three. No, it's not. Yes, it's I did three. Zook. Zooks, that wasn't a counselor. Rocky Road. Yes. This is not all the male staff either. It's the male counselors. What was Ev's name? Dad Shorts. (laughs) Wasn't a counselor. Um, Soccer Mom. Wasn't a counselor. (laughs) Um, Wild Card. Wasn't a counselor. Um, Okay. To my credit. That was my own fun exercise. To my credit. I am not there at the naming ceremonies. I'm not there during staff bonding. Okay, it was my fun exercise. Last question. Okay. Why did you only follow Rachel and unfollow a bunch of other? Oh my gosh! (laughs) I just kidding. It's literally just this is the difference between me and you. I live so unaware that I'm like, oh, I'm gonna unfollow like staff and things like that. With no thought of how this will play out. How do you feel like this next summer is going to go? Good. We'll we'll close it up after this. I'm looking forward to it. I I want to get to know people. I always feel guilty, which is not helpful because there's – it's overwhelming. There's so many – like I want to be able to invest in all the women and that is an impossible task. And even 
Sarah SD told me one time, like, it takes eight summers for her to feel like she really knows. I think it was her. Maybe I shouldn't say a name. Like, she really knows and has built into a staff member. And I'm like, I'm not going to get that. I'm not going to get eight summers. I think with Rachel, we could get eight summers. So even one returning year. She's got nothing going on in her life. Yeah. (laughs) No, I'm looking forward to it. And I'm trying to build in some things this summer where I take a full day off and a, a night off. Which is very important. Which would be nice. I told you, though, today at dinner that for that day off, I only am going to spend time with you and Sage for half the day. Sure. Um, need some alone introvert time myself. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think Sage. I think I'm looking forward to you and Sage just Sage is older. It's going to totally. be more fun. Sage now is like, bring it on. Yeah. What can What danger can I seek out? What, like, problems can I stir? She's very extroverted, so I think she will love it. Last year, she was kind of fickle. How many years do you think you could do this? Probably as many as you can. I think as long as you're called to it, then I'm called to it. I don't want to be in the role where because of me and my wants and whatever that you step away from something that you're gifted in. Yeah, I agree. Because that's, I mean, God allows that in our free will, but I don't think that's the best This has been another episode of the Camp Vibes Podcast, <laughs> Season 2. And, uh, yeah, thanks for coming on the pod, spending some time during our precious date night. Mm-hmm. we got to get home. we got to get home to the babysitter. But um, love you. Thanks love you. for supporting over the years. <laughs> um, you got to stop snooting on the mic when you go... I legitimately have had allergies the last couple weeks. It's a tick. Speaking of ticks, I'm just kidding. (laughs) All right, enjoy some uh, Hello, Mr. Bear. Hello, Mr. Bear, I didn't see you coming. I was way too busy strumming my guitar. See, I thought I'd spend the day relaxing by the river and singing a couple tunes to spend the time.